What is up, you guys? Welcome back or welcome to Life is Fake, the podcast. If you're new here, hey, I'm Lindsay and I'm the host of Life is Fake and I release new episodes on Wednesdays. Happy 2024, besties. We made it. Barely. And when I say barely, I honestly wasn't even going to record an episode. Not because I don't love you guys. Okay. Just understand it's tough for me sometimes. Um, I was so sick all of today and honestly yesterday and honestly the day before that. And you know, you're asking Lindsay, are you sick or is it a hangover? And that I can't answer for you because I can't tell the difference. Like I... Oh my gosh. I get hangovers, but not really. Like I don't I get hungover where like my head will hurt, but if I take an Excedrin migraine or like an ibuprofen, I'm pretty good. Like if I can get myself up and moving, I'm okay. I'm not the type to get I never throw up. I don't ever feel nauseous. Like I don't feel hangovers like that. When I tell you guys, I don't know what the fuck was in the pudding aka in my drinks. Um, I say, I don't know. I had like seven espresso martinis and shots and then went and had more drinks on Saturday night, aka New Year's Eve Eve, that I fucked myself so bad for New Year's Eve that I I ruined myself. I was supposed to go to this like super nice dinner, get all dressed up with all my best friends. We had this amazing dinner reservation. I think I told you guys about like, I was so looking forward to this. One of my best friends was here from out of town. I was going to get to see her. Like everything was planned out. I was so, so ill. And every time I would stand up to try to get out of bed to get ready for this fucking dinner, I thought I was going to throw up or pass out or all of the above. So then I would have to go horizontal again. That was the only way I felt okay was if I was laying in my bed and I would start getting like sweaty. I almost felt like I was getting like hot flashes, but then I almost felt like I was like getting the chills. It was mortifying. It was literally horrible. And so I kept trying, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to get in the shower. I'm going to get in the shower. That's going to make me feel better. I would get up, like start taking my makeup off from the night before to get into the shower. And then immediately I'm like, I'm going down. Like I have to lay down. I can't do this. And it just got to the point where it was like, the dinner was at seven. I was going to have to leave my house or like you know, leave my apartment or whatever around six. So I needed to, I had to do a full shower, like wash my hair, blow dry my hair, do my makeup, like get fully ready. And it was already like six o'clock. And I'm like, even if I were able to physically move and get, do anything right now, I will not be able to get ready in time for this fucking dinner reservation. So I had to cancel on my friends and it was mortifying. I was so upset. And I think I told you guys, or if you follow me on TikTok last year, I had a horrible New Year's Eve because this guy that I was seeing um, ruined my entire night basically by being too drunk. And we went to this like bar that I, I know about and that I like. He had been there, I guess, with his friends earlier, but he told me like just really casually watching the football game and they were just gonna have a few beers. So he comes to like get me from my apartment and I can smell the alcohol on his breath. Like I could tell he was like, had been drinking, but I was like, okay, like whatever. I'm like so dressed up. I have this really cute dress on. I'm about to go with all of his friends. Like I, it's no one that I know. And all of his friends were totally fine. Like none of them were that drunk. And he was like stumbling into everyone, just 
did not understand anyone's like personal space was in people's faces was falling into people like literally my nightmare of a person to be around when you're drinking especially when it's your person like your partner or your you know whoever you're seeing like they are in my opinion if you're going out with someone especially on a night out but honestly just in any capacity or in any situation your partner or the person you're showing up with and this could go for friends as well but like the people you surround yourself with and and tie yourself to is an extension of you if if some girl is with some loser ass guy who's aggressive who's shouting who's belligerent who's throwing up whatever the fuck it is that's like not acceptable um it makes her look bad is she actually doing anything wrong no but are you looking at her sideways maybe because that's you know the person that she's with and that's fucked up and I know that personally for me I won't allow that because I don't act like a fool when I'm drunk um and and I just also I was dead sober I'm talking about last New Year's Eve by the way also it maybe would have been different if I wasn't walking into the situation like literally dead sober so I was that much more like socially aware that much more socially anxious just as I typically would be um that we didn't even make it to midnight before I was like I have to go home and ended up yeah ended up spending New Year's Eve alone at midnight crying and just had a horrible New Year's Eve. So anyways, fast forward this New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve Eve, the night before I was like, you know what? Like Saturday night, um, I didn't do anything Friday night. So I was like, yeah, like I'm going to go out with my friend Lucy. We're going to have just a casual couple of drinks. We always love to get together, have, you know, a few martinis, catch up. And every single time we do that, it never ends up being a casual couple of martinis because what is a casual couple of martinis? But when you know the bartender and he's making these drinks especially for you and writing and making cute little designs in your espresso martinis and then the other bartender is coming up and offering you free shots like what's casual about that you know and I think the end of the year brings a different type of energy it feels like you are releasing all of your demons you're you're being your most feral self you're getting out all of those actions or getting out all of those <laughs> I don't know. I just, maybe, maybe it's just me. Look, I can only speak for myself, but your girl was feeling a little kooky. And after, uh, you know, X amount of espresso martinis, I'm a kissing bandit. I'm a makeout bandit. And so, you know, I was just really feeling the love of getting all these, all these drinks and, and shots and everyone flirting and just the vibes were good. You know what I did? Cause I've told you about bartender guys, right? Like you guys, you guys know this the story with this guy. He's literally just a bartender that um, I went to his bar once and he was kind of giving me the eye. And I tell you guys, do not underestimate the power of eye contact, of people speaking with their eyes. There's a reason that they say you can, you know, tell everything and speak just with your eye contact and, and that type of language. Um, and I could feel the vibe. Anyways, he wrote on my receipt that night, lame, because we were leaving the bar after having a drink or two and I guess he wanted me to stay longer when that's without hardly any words being exchanged that was just picking up on energy babe um <laughs> and so I wrote my number on the receipt and we've ended up you know rendezvousing a few times if you will and now he's my favorite bartender and my I'm a fucking regular at that bar I love that bar and I put all my friends on to that bar we meet up at that bar almost every night before we like go on a night out and sometimes the night out ends up just being at that bar we fucking you can almost always sit down let me tell you why it's my favorite bar 
so you can understand. It is in a part of town that's not in the dead, like, center, like, dead busiest part. So there's not a ton of foot traffic. You're not going to stumble upon this bar just as a just as a wanderer, just as a, a, a whoever. you got to kind of know about this bar typically to, to show up here. Um, so you can almost have, you can almost always have a seat at this bar. And I mean, like, actually at the bar bar, which I love sitting at the bar on a fucking Friday or Saturday night. Are you kidding? I hate standing room only. Like, I'm a bitch wearing heels all the time. I want to sit my ass down. I want to have my seat at the bar. It's sick. Um, and then I like shooting the shit with the bartender. Like, that's so good. So you can almost always sit down, but they almost always as well have a DJ. And the DJ plays such good music. So if you want to get up and, like, be that vibe, you can do that. They also have, like, outdoor seating in a cute little, like, outdoor section. So you can do that as well. I don't know, you guys. It's just, like, the perfect bar. Anyways, I forget what I was saying, but I think I'm just alluding to the fact that on that night, on Saturday night, on New Year's Eve Eve, uh, we were leaving that bar to go somewhere else after being there for way too long. And you know what my ass did? I stood up basically on my bar stool, leaned over the bar. Like I, I summoned my bartender guy over. Like I think with my, I think I remember summoning him over like with my finger, like doing that little like finger curl and then putting my finger to my lips, AKA saying like, kiss me like I'm leaving give me a kiss and us like basically making out across the bar mind you he is working like he is there are customers there are other bartenders working like and we just like we're kissing at the bar <laughs> and when I think about it honestly iconic stunning I think that's so hot like that's the energy that is the energy for 2024 you know what my new year's eve was kind of shit and I'll tell you about that in a minute. So, I'm going to I'm going to say my New Year's Eve Eve was the New Year's Eve energy, okay? So, your girl was tipsy. Your girly your girly was drinking. But like I said, I don't typically get hungover. I get hangovers, yes, 100%, but Usually they're just in the form of being super tired, um, having a headache of some sort and taking like an Excedrin migraine or ibuprofen and I can pretty much mend it. Like I'll be laying in bed, not because I physically feel like I have to, but more so it's just like a rotting in bed day. My hangover on New Year's Eve, like <laughs> literally on New Year's Eve all day, it was the type of hangover that I, I don't know if I've ever experienced other than maybe once or twice in my life where every time I would stand up to get out of bed to start trying to get ready for my New Year's Eve plans, I thought I was going to throw up. I felt nauseous. I started to get like a fever, like chills. Like I literally would start sweating and I had to lay back down. It was miserable. I had this like super nice dinner reservation booked with me and all my best friends. We had been planning, had this all like booked for weeks. I had been looking forward to it so much. One of my best friends from out of town was going to be there. Like I was supposed to bring my situation ship. Like he was planning on going, like we were all getting dressed up and the dinner reservation was at seven. Uh, we were going to have to leave around like 6.15, 6.30 max. I was trying to get out of bed around 5 to start getting ready to take my shower, to wash my hair. I was going to have to blow, you know, style my hair, do my makeup. It was going to take, you know, that all takes about at least an hour for me. Like if I was really pushing through, I could maybe do all of that in an hour. But the time, every single time I kept trying to get up to get ready, I was going to throw up and I had to lay down. 
So I had to cancel my dinner plans. I had to bail on my best friend. It was so upsetting. I'm like, no way am I about to spend my New Year's Eve alone because I'm fucking hungover. I door dashed, um, like hangover relief, uh, ibuprofen, some, what is that? Like uh, electrolyte water. I door dashed Subway. I also hadn't eaten anything because everything in my fridge that I was trying to eat to maybe help me feel better, the thought of it was making me literally sick as well. So I just was making it worse by not eating, but the thought of eating was going to make me throw up. And this dinner that we were supposed to go to was like a prefixed dinner menu. So it was going to be like $70 for like steak and this, like a super nice dinner. And then I'm like, oh my God, am I really about to go pay, you know, probably upwards of $100 with the, with the tip and the the food and then gosh if I try to even drink anything but the thought of alcohol was literally making me also want to vomit I was like I'm about to waste a hundred plus dollars and not enjoy this at all so yeah I couldn't even make it to my dinner so then that also kind of fucked up my situationships plans because he was supposed to come with me we were going to the dinner together and then we were going to go and hang out with his friends for the last part of the night like it was kind of like a 50 50 you come we spend time with my friends and then we'll end the night with your friends because he has a friend who has a friend who has a sugar mama which not usually like my vibe not really my not like it's not my group of people but I'm not the type of person that associates myself typically with people that I don't know if you would say that is using someone because it's a mutual you know the whole idea of a sugar mama or sugar daddy it's a mutual type of thing you they are buying you things in exchange for your company so I guess it's not taking advantage of them, but it just, it doesn't sit really well with me. But anyways, this woman had bought a table at the one club that we have in St. Pete in this downtown area. It's called The Estate. And I have not stepped foot in this place in years. Like it is not a place I frequent. It is not a place I go, but you know, I didn't have any other plans. And honestly, what really what really got me to this point of like making myself go forcing myself through this fucking hangover was like my situation the thought of and tell me if this is toxic and I'm crazy but I wasn't sure of the group of people and when I hear a 50 plus year old woman is you know having these guys like sugar mom like she's their sugar mama or whatever I'm like oh fuck no I am not letting you <laughs> I am not letting you around these cougars at midnight on New Year's Eve without me there because I know what happens at midnight. I know you are a good looking guy, like pretty, pretty boy, probably one of the prettiest guys I've ever been with. Um, and I'm, I'm comfortable saying that I, I might be punching. I don't know. Um, on the physical aspect, but I know these women would eat him up. And I was like, no fucking way am I going to spend my New Year's Eve alone in my apartment while you're at this club having bottle service with who knows who. So I pushed through after I ate my Subway. I got in the shower. I started getting ready. And your girl went to the club. Now, I did make it there, but it was not without anything short of a shit ton of anxiety. And that's for a multitude of reasons. Let me list them for you. Maybe you can um, understand and relate. One, I just typically and naturally, honestly, maybe this is a shock or surprising to some people because although I think I am very 
extroverted um, and outgoing. Like I, I can have a conversation with just about anyone. Um, I really do enjoy meeting different people and, and strangers and I can hold a conversation. I, that's why I like dating. That's why I do well on first dates because I just think it's really easy to talk to people I don't know because you can just ask them anything. But in the partying aspect, I'm not like a nightlife type person. Like I said, I don't do clubs. And I also know that like EDM, house music, which is what they were going to be playing with all these different DJs and stuff, isn't my normal scene, isn't my normal realm. I also am, I don't do any type of drugs. I don't smoke weed. I, I literally do not do anything other than drink alcohol. And you add in this, you know, this scene of people or like this, this, whatever. It's just none of these things are in my normal realm. None of these things are my normal whatever. So that's super, you know, scary for me because I just felt like I was going to be the odd one out. I just don't like to feel like I'm the outcast. I don't like to feel like I'm the weirdo, whatever. Also, apparently, and I found this out later, which actually ended up being a good thing, a lot of the people that were going were all people just like visiting from Atlanta. So they were visiting from somewhere else. So they were just vacationing. So that's a cool vibe because that's not like, I'm not going to run into people that I know. There's no like judgment with that. But it was the same kind of, idea which was scarring and traumatizing from the year before of going somewhere on such a huge night where the only person that I knew for the most part was my situationship or the person that I'm seeing so I'm like their plus one which is just already kind of a lot of like pressure but I did it um with a little liquid courage I I prevailed and honestly everyone there ended up being well for the most part everyone was like really nice uh, I talked and feel like I met a lot of cool people there were different girls there were guys um, everyone was like really nice the music honestly was really good I could dance to it it wasn't anything crazy when I say I don't like EDM I feel like that's such a broad term and then I get labeled like I don't know lame is like the only term I can think of um, but there's so many different types and I'm a dancer like if something has a good beat if there's like I like house music there's so many different ways of EDM music that obviously I can fucking find something I like so to pigeonhole me or to say you know or to count me out on an event or a night out or a club or a different place just because typically I don't love EDM it's not what I choose and when I think of EDM if, or if I say I don't like EDM what I'm talking about is like the wah, wah, pop, 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 when it's just fucking sounds because babe oh and oh, this gets me so heated. I hate this argument. People are like, oh yeah, like I love dancing to it, babe. You're not dancing. And to say that to a dancer, like a trained dancer, when all you're doing is jumping up and down to these weird fucking literal sounds that aren't, it's not music. Like, oh my God, it makes me so angry. And they're like, no, you just gotta be carefree and dance. I'm like, you're literally just jumping up and down. You were, that's like saying fist pumping, is dancing. No. House music, like there's certain things I can dance to that. Like you can move because there's a beat, there's a rhythm. Like I get it. I like it. And that's what they were playing. Anyways, so that was great. I had my New Year's kiss. That was great. There was literally like unlimited bottle service of tequila and this vodka, like really good. So I drank. Um, and it was all going so well until it wasn't. Until it wasn't. Okay, here we go. Because I hope that the girlies will understand this. I, I want 
I think you guys will. I know I'm not crazy actually on this, um, but it is what it is. So I don't remember exactly how the conversation came about, in what context, at what point in the night. I just know it started to become a conversation obviously towards the end a little bit. So I think we got to the club. Let me just give you this timeline. I got to the club. Everyone got to the club around, I want to say 10 or 1030. Yeah. They all were pre-gaming at someone's house beforehand, starting around 730, maybe eight. So they had already been drinking for at least two hours. Then we get to the club. We are drinking and some of them are on drugs. Okay. So we're drinking and my situationship, I remember saying like, Oh, like, are you cool to stay? Like the club closes at three. You cool to stay the whole time. And I'm like, yeah, I guess like, fuck, like that's a long time to be drinking. But like, yeah, like I'll stay with you. Obviously, like if you're staying, then I'm fucking staying. So we have that conversation and that agreement. Then towards the end of the night, it came about, oh, afterwards, now everyone is going back to so-and-so's place because he's going to be DJing. Just one of the guys, not like an actual DJ, just one of the fuckers that was in our table group has like a computer, like every other person and garage band, how I'm recording this. And he's going to be playing music. Okay. Like as if that's like a huge deal, but he was like, oh, well, everyone's going back there. Like, are you down to do that? I'm like, no, I think... (laughs) I think after 3 a.m., I think I'm probably going to be ready to call it quits and go home. I think we should go home, babe. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's asking that much. I think at that point, maybe we should go. So then it became the conversation, I think, of him being kind of like, well, like, what if I go? Like, would you be mad or like, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, wait, what? Like, you're, I didn't realize it was actually even going to be a question or a consideration. If I'm saying I'm not going, then that's like you're with me for New Year's Eve. Like, what do you mean? So you're saying you're going to choose them and and staying out with them versus coming home with me. And not to be vulgar or not, to, but I think we all can understand New Year's Eve, you've been drinking, your situationship, you're coming home, you're getting laid. Like you're literally, are you saying you're going to choose going and listening to this fucker DJ and just keep drinking over me because then it became this like argument as well where he was like well I just didn't think you'd be down I don't think you would want to join and honestly I didn't and I wouldn't want to do that but if my person is doing that like I don't want to go home alone so then it was like well I will come with you but the point is even if I would have said no you were still going to do it anyways and so then he was getting mad at me for like almost giving him this like hypothetical if and or whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 you're not understanding the whole point. I'm not getting mad at a hypothetical situation because this was the situation. Like you are choosing that over me. And like at this point, the club closed. I remember we were out in the streets. Everyone's trying to get their Ubers, figure out where they're going. And I, (laughs) trust me, it's blurry. It's blurry as fuck. But the trauma, like the feeling that I had that night, oh my God, you guys, I'm not a toxic person. Like, I swear to God, I am not a toxic person. I'm not one that ever has, like, fought with a partner. I don't yell at people. I don't raise my... Like, I am really good at controlling my emotions, at being level-headed, at being understanding. Like, I think you can tell that. I just... I think that's how I come across. Um, I'm just very emotionally mature. Like, I, I get it. I can see things from multiple points of view. Um, but when I'm not being heard... Um, I, that is the most frustrating thing to me. And then to feel ever like someone doesn't understand me as a person or is not giving me, what's the word? Like, I think he said something that triggered me on the sense of just kind of like, again, 
counting me out, counting me out that I'm not down to do things. Like as if I'm a fucking square, as if I'm a lame as if I can't hang. For me, that is so infuriating because just because I... I choose not to do drugs or I choose not to do certain things typically on a night out doesn't mean that like I can't still be around those people that I still can't enjoy myself. It's the same conversation I think sober people have when it comes to alcohol where maybe they don't get invited on a night out just because they don't drink alcohol so then their friends count them out and don't invite them. It's a horrible fucking feeling because it makes you feel like you, I don't know. But for me personally as well, I have experienced a lot of life. I have traveled. I have been places and done things with different types of... Like, I have had such a worldly and amazing, crazy life and experience. So then for someone, in my opinion, that I understand has lived a lot of life as well and a a very different life than me... But for them to paint me out to what I genuinely just, the only way I can describe it, like I said, is to feel like a square, like a shelter, that's what it's like, like, a sheltered little bitch. Oh my God. And so then I think I yelled, I was like, you're being an asshole. And then he was like, oh, I'm not like he, that triggered him really bad. So then we parted ways. So I'm now to paint the picture downtown, 3.30 probably in the morning, alone, cold. I can see the weirdos out. I'm like, I live like at least a 20 minute walk from downtown, like where we were at those bars. And I couldn't get an Uber because everyone was getting Ubers. Everyone with the group that I was with had already left, I guess, while we were fighting. So he left and I'm alone. And that's when it really sunk in when we parted ways. I'm like, oh my God, I just got left in the middle of the street downtown. I'm about to have to either walk home alone. Like I was so scared. I just start having an anxiety attack and crying and bawling my eyes out. And I'm like, I have to call him. Like, I just can't do this. Um, and I kind of said like, if you literally leave me right now, I swear to God, you will never hear from me again. Uh, Like you will never see me again. Like, oh, I, I'm not good with harsh or dramatic goodbyes or anything like that but that was a the harshest cutoff I was like if you actually leave me alone downtown right now you will never fucking hear from me again and I will swear by that so he ended up coming back uh, found me like crying in the corner somewhere in the streets and then he was crying because he didn't mean to hurt me the whole thing like I said I've never been in a toxic situationship and I'm not saying this as like I'm I'm just like really self-aware. It's one of those things when like while you're in it and I get why they say it's toxic and I like it is the most storybook fucking shit I've ever heard in my life. Like it I feel like I'm preaching to the choir. I'm living a lot of y'all's experiences for the first time. Like I feel like I've always given advice on what not to do, how to date, having standards, and I still swear by that. But sometimes what do they say? Um it's hard to do like what you preach or whatever it is. Um, so that's, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. And I feel like, you know, to you guys and what typically happens is when someone is telling you about their situationship or about their toxic partner, you typically, if they're telling you about it, it's because they're ranting, right? They're telling you about the horrible thing. So you're usually only hearing that one-sided opinion or a story. So it's so easy for the other person to the, the friend that's listening to their friend talk about the situation shift to be like what the fuck are you doing like leave him like he sucks he sucks he sucks and I get that 100% and those in that night and then these like scenarios and honestly sometimes more often than not I don't know I don't know if it'd be I don't know like they do suck but then there's those times where they're good and then those moments like I literally feel like I'm doing what is it like beta testing like I'm having to sample what 
a true, like almost like college-esque situationship is like because I never experienced one because I didn't go to college. All my friends went through a lot of similar situations to this um, and I really never did. So just getting a little taste of it right now and holy shit, I don't envy any of it, but it's those good times that leave you like hopeful, that leave you wanting more, that leave you to believe that they are like capable of being the guy that you need or the guy that you want and you know all this stuff and recently just like for example in the last like week or two of uh, with the holidays and everything like that for Christmas Eve I got invited to like spend Christmas Eve with a few of my like best friends and their families they have this tradition where their families have kind of like grown up together and every Christmas Eve my friend's dad hosts just everyone over at their house they have a lot of Italian food drinking opening gifts like it's just really sweet because all of these like families get together and I like I've told you guys before I don't have a large family or hardly any family at all so the holidays is really tough for me it's just me and my mom so I miss out on a lot of those experiences and those 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 feelings of being around family during those times. So I got invited and I was like, I really want to go. I really want to have that experience, but I don't really want to go alone. Like I don't want to feel completely, you know, by myself, even though I'll be with their families. So I invited my situationship and he came and we had such a good night. Like it was one of those things where I was like, oh my God, it was so easy. He fit in well, like everyone really liked him. The conversation was flowing. Um, I was just like, oh my gosh, it was a really, really good night for us. Like it was just really sweet, very wholesome. Um, and I loved it. And then Christmas came and I didn't even think he was honestly going to get me anything because that's just not where he's at or like, it's not easy for him right now to be able to do that. For me, I love gift giving. I'm very fortunate with my finances, like giving a gift for me, it's not a huge deal, but for him, it's like, I'm not really expecting it, but his gift was so sweet and like thoughtful. And I was like, what the fuck? Like he got my life is fake, like logo off my Instagram printed onto a sweatshirt, like a crew neck. And as you guys have know, I'm coming out with merch, like merch is coming so soon. I actually just got the samples today, but it was like my merch before my merch. Like he personally made my first ever, almost like a sample idea of what my merch will look like. It was just so thoughtful. I don't even know how to describe it. So it's those things where I'm like, wait, what the fuck? It's, yeah, I don't know. As I've like talked about the situation shit that I'm in, just like in very vague detail, most mostly on like TikTok or on my lives, like live streams, people will be like, oh, like why, why are you not going to continue with this? Like he's leaving to go into the military. Um, like, why are you not going to try to continue this? Like, why does it have to end when, when he leaves? And for me, I am, like I said, I am so honestly self-aware and I am aware that this is not, in my opinion, or at least in this moment in time with, it, he's not my person. There's way too many red flags. There are so many things. And even when I got involved with him a few months ago, I knew that going into it. And I kind of just took a gamble of like, is it worth, you know, ending it now, few months prior, like a few months premature or early before he leaves to kind of just like save myself that feeling of hurt when he does have to leave. Um, so that we're not as emotionally invested, just not as, you know, kind of like dependent on each other or just whatever you get the point. Or, you know, is it worth just writing it out, having someone to kind of hang out with, like I said, blah, 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 fill this kind of tough, time during the holiday season and have have someone to be with 
and I took the gamble and it's like I don't know if it's been more good than bad like I don't know if it's had more highs than lows because I don't know I genuinely don't know I like I feel like I'm doing a lot of reflecting on it and um I think he's going to be if all goes well for his you know like getting into the military passing all of his tests and stuff if that all goes smoothly he's planning on leaving I think at the end of this month so I think this month is going to kind of be a weird a weird one and that's why I was kind of saying I think my 2024 rebrand kind of resolutions new year new me is actually going to start when he leaves and so like I think February is going to be when I start my new year and maybe that sounds bad I don't know I don't need I don't want to hear any uh critiques or criticism I think we all have our own timelines and life is fake like whatever new year is honestly a time is not real <laughs> whatever I think when he leaves it's going to be a really big shift and change just because it's kind of been like an energy drainer like it's hard you know if, if I'm putting a lot of my time and energy into someone and it's kind of affecting my moods my time you know my schedule of when I'm able to record when I'm who I'm hanging out with if I'm going on dates like all of that is going to change that is period that is I know for a fact that is going to change when he leaves so I'm just kind of accepting and letting this month be what it is maybe taking a few steps back, probably starting to transition into getting back into just doing things for myself. Um, but I, I just know at this point that it is not something, it's not the person, if I were to ever go into like a long distance relationship or, or have a relationship with someone that ends up going into the military, which is not something I've ever seen for myself um, or necessarily wanted, that would have to be a really strong connection, a really strong foundation. And I'm very aware of that. And that's not what we have. And that's not what this is. So that is my answer to that. Is it someone that I, I think it's, you know, I think it's possible to really care about someone and, and want the best for them and see the best in them and want to be a part of their journey, want to be a part of their lives. Is that sometimes what gets me in trouble because I give people the benefit of the doubt? I see the good in them maybe a little too much and then I end up getting hurt because they're not at the level that I can see that they're capable of and where they're actually at is what ends up hurting me because I'm expecting a better version of them. Um, yeah, 100%. So <laughs> anyways, let's move on. I'm just going to power through a few things I have written down in my notes app. Honestly, that whole segment of what I just talked about ended up being way longer than I expected, but it kind of just, it feeds into things that I think are relevant and important for 2024. They're kind of, they're not current revelations of mine, but I think it all makes sense. Uh, the first one I have written down, well, it had to do with him, which was why I had it written down. It was an idea for a TikTok, but uh, communication itself is not hard. Like literally, and I made a TikTok about this, communication is just letting someone know that it is such the bare minimum. It is just letting me know what you're doing. And I think every time guys hear that, or when you say, you know, you need, you like communication, you need communication, they think that you need a play-by-play -play every fucking minute of the day from the minute you wake up to when you're wiping your ass, to what cereal you're eating, to what color car just passed you on the street, to what, like, it is as simple as maybe midday. I don't know. 
around like noon. I mean, everyone's different. Everyone's schedule is different. But for me personally, if you're not texting me before like your work day is over of some type of just like little check-in um, or maybe right when you get off work. It, and I'm not saying for just some random bozo or guy you went on one or two dates with. You don't need to be texting up the ass. I don't think you should be texting and communicating all the time like that at all. But if this is a person that you are seeing, that you are dating, like you are talking to, um, in, you know, for a few months or whatever, like they are, you are seeing them multiple times a week. I think that you should have daily communication and I should know what your plan is for the day. Because if you're seeing each other consistently, you're trying to, you know, coordinate your days, coordinate your plans, spend time with each other. And by not giving someone like an idea of what your day looks like, it's hard for the other person to then plan out what their day should look like because they don't know if they're going to like what you're doing. Does that make sense? It's just like a mutual respect thing. Or if you tell someone, oh, I'll let you know later. Oh, I'll talk to you later. Then you have to like, (laughs) you have to do that. You have to then text them later because if you say, I'll talk to you later and then I don't hear from you later, I am going to go batshit ballistic crazy. I am also anxiously attached, but also a bit trauma scarred. Like, I might think that you died. Like, I need to hear, if you tell me I'm going to hear from you and then I don't hear from you, no. You have explaining to do. So then when I act either one, passive aggressive as fuck, which is what I typically will do, um, you're going to get a weird, quiet version of me. And then you're going to wonder why. And then it turns in this whole fucking debacle and fight because it could have been just as simple as you just letting me know. Okay. Or I'm going to call you out on it and be like, okay, what the fuck's up? Like, are you good? Are you alive? You know? And then they're like, yeah, why? LOL. Why? Because I can't even wait. That leads me to this because this also recently happened. I, okay. I am the queen, like I said, of kind of passive aggressiveness in a way. I think it's an only child thing. I came from a family where we never raised our voices. We never yelled. It was always passive aggressive. My mom um, would kill me with this. Like, I hated the silent treatment. I hate any, I hate feeling uncomfortable. I hate feeling like someone's mad at me or, or whatever. I just, and I don't like to say things that, you know, I'll regret later. I'm not a person that speaks you know, with a, what do they say? Just like a hot tongue. I don't know what the saying is, but I don't, I really am good at like holding my tongue, thinking things through, getting calm, thinking, figuring out why I feel that way, figuring out the best way to explain it to the person. Like I will sit with that shit, but if you let me sit with it, like if I'm being quiet and silent and you're not picking up on it enough to say, Hey, is something wrong? Hey, are you okay? Hey, did I do something? Now we're going to have an issue because why are you not asking me what's wrong? Why are you just pretending? Like, let me paint the picture of what happened the other day. This has just turned into the biggest rant fucking shit show of an episode. Um, Anyways, I was upset about something. It was something like nonchalant, but also something that has been kind of like a reoccurring underlying problem in this situationship when it comes to like money and finances. Um, And I'm not one I literally to judge anyone at all when it comes to finances like at all. I am the biggest advocate. Like I don't care if we go on a date and we do 50-50. I don't care if I grab the bill one time, you grab the bill one time. I get people are at different points in their lives. Some people are more fortunate than others. Like there are so many aspects in my opinion that to hold someone at 
I think men kind of get put in situations sometimes where they are just literally trying to survive. And I think a lot of us are trying to, to survive. We all talk about it on, on TikTok and all over this, but then the minute it actually comes into fruition in the sense of going on a date or you having a significant other or someone in your life and they're struggling just to live, just to survive because rent is fucking expensive. Inflation is crazy. Bills are like car insurance, interest rates. Everything is insane. So just because I'm seeing someone and I'm interested in them, I'm now going to expect them to have to pay for shit for me when I'm in a pretty comfortable position. That just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think it's anyone's business as well when it comes to like finances and how you do that. But anyways, with me being as understanding as I am when it comes to finances, the thought of getting taken advantage of because of my niceness really grinds my gears. That's where there's an issue and that's where there's this like fine line and gray area because it's like, okay, like, yeah, I'll get the tab this time, but how are you able to now maybe afford or even consider going to this $80 rave on Friday night? You know, that's where now we have an issue because how are you even thinking about possibly going to that? How are you affording that? Or uh, the other night, how, you know, how are you affording to go out with your buddy and you went to seven different bars that night from 8 p.m. till what, two in the morning? Like, how are you affording that? Because when we go out, why am I, you know what I mean? You see, you see what I'm saying? So the argument or something that I got upset about the other day was like him talking about possibly going to this rave. And I just got silent. Like I got quiet for the rest of the time that he was over at my house and he like didn't ask me what was wrong. So we're in the car and I just basically, after X amount of time, I was like, so are you a fucking idiot or like, do you not know how to read a room? Like, are you not going to ask me what's wrong? And he was like, no, like, yeah, I can tell like something's wrong, um, but I know like what it is. And I said, oh, do you? Oh, okay. I didn't know you were a mind reader. What? So what is it? What am I? Tell me what I'm mad about because I have not told you what I'm mad about. So what am I? Yeah. What am I mad about? You, you let me know. And he had spent the night at my house that night and obviously had Ubered downtown. That's kind of one of the downfalls of living downtown. People Uber here and then spend the night and then they wake up, they have no car. So I was, anyways, I was driving him home to his apartment. We had spent, you know, the morning and the day together and then it was like, okay, time, time to go home. And I was very happy, not happy about this, but I, I like my alone time. I want to watch my shows. I want to just scroll on TikTok. Like I love to decompress and I wanted to be alone, whatever. He thought though that I was upset because when he was like, yeah, like, okay, like, yeah, I'm going to go home now. Like, can you take me home? He thought I was upset that he didn't ask me to go home with him. Basically, he thought I was pissed that like, he didn't ask me to join him back at his place when that was the furthest thing that I fucking wanted. And I'm like, you think I'm that attached to you? You think that I am like that needy? You think I'm throwing a temper tantrum and the silent treatment over here because I'm so upset and depressed because you didn't ask me to hang out after we've been hanging out for fucking 24 hours. I'm happy for you to get the fuck out of my house. (laughs) Like, please. But that's that thing of that miss. I'm like, how do you have such the wrong impression and idea of me that you think I'm this like little attached girly that just am so upset because you didn't ask me to hang out more? What? 
No. So anyways, then you have to have that whole awkward conversation and like debate, which is the debate and topic around money and finances is such an awkward one for whatever reason. It sucks and men take it especially hard and it's especially vulnerable and uncomfortable and just not anything that I ever want to have to talk about with someone or accuse them of, of feeling taken advantage of with the money aspect. But I'm just like, you have to understand from my point of view why that is upsetting to me, why it's confusing to me, and why it's, you know, that's not okay to to debate about going to an $80 rave when, you know, if I would, if I added up all of the times I've paid for you, how much money I could say you technically owe me, like, you have no room to be doing that. So anyways, in 2024, I think we are going to be, I think I'm getting better and I already have been way more blunt and transparent and just like open with these types of conversations and just speaking my mind and just putting it out there because the passive aggressiveness and just being silent and whatever honestly does, does not work. It's not good. It's not healthy. It ends up snowballing. You get up, you end up getting more upset. Just leave all that shit uh, in the past. It's like, what is that saying? Actually, I don't even know what that saying means, the stand on business. But I just think we have to like start standing up and like be like stand up. You know what I mean? Like literally get up, stand up. Do not let these men think that we are. I just don't like being seen as this like vulnerable, little fragile, whatever, like a little bitch. Like I am strong. I am independent. I like, oh gosh, it can, it really, really grinds my gears. Anyways. Other things I have written down in my notes app, all I have, it says Kesha. I'm in, for 2024, I think Kesha is my role model. I think Kesha is my mother. I think Kesha is the mantra, the lifestyle, the spirit. It's giving unhinged and chaotic and messy and she's a bad bitch. If you go back and listen to her album, um, I think Animal, it is, it was my childhood and now re-listening to it, the stuff she's saying is so relatable and good and powerful and I think I think maybe 2023 or the last couple of years I've just really you know it's all it's been all about the clean girl aesthetic and the this and the that which is fine like I I definitely you know you want to take care of yourself I think self-care is so important but I also don't want I don't want to say this like it's not life is all about balance but also life is fake like I love that we're taking care of ourselves because obviously we have to, but I think we're losing the plot a little bit that like we only get one life and at the very end of it, the memories that you have, all of the experiences, the people you meet, the nights out, the trips you go on, those are the things that are important. I just don't think you're going to remember the night's that you stay in and do your sheet mask and your gua sha and your self-care routine. Like, I just don't think that that's what you're going to remember. And that's okay to have in your routine. I think there's a balance, but if that's only what you're doing, like if you're so honed in on this clean girl aesthetic and being that girl, that bitch, whatever, um, I think to me personally, I think it's a kind of boring way to live. And to each their own, if that's your vibe, what 100%, if that makes you happy. I just think for me personally, that's not my vibe. And instead of trying to force myself into that vibe, um, I think just really embracing the Kesha lifestyle of 
I don't know. I, I've said it before. I'm only going to be this young, you know, have this body, this lifestyle for God knows how long. I'm only getting older. The the time is now. Life is fake. I want to have more memories, more chaotic night, night outs, more stories to tell. I want to meet more people. I want to take more pictures. I want to, like, I just want to feel this year, like, really living in the moment, really just honing in and tuning in to what life is about and not what we think life is supposed to like kind of be curated to look like or be. Does that make sense? And I think the start of that and just kind of the root of it is is what I've said before. It's just almost getting back to the basics. Going back, everything has kind of, you know, started to circle back. You'll you'll see it in trends, you see it in fashion, but I think also just in the mindset of 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 life and and of the lifestyle. That's why I got the digital camera and then I also got this little like picture printer, this little mobile printer so I can print out my pictures and I bought a scrapbook. I'm so, my TikTok right now is all about journaling and scrapbooking. And I'm like, that is what I want. I have so many memories of the last, God, honest, well, no, it's the opposite. I have, I don't have so many memories because I just feel like so many pictures and things are just on my phone or I just didn't take any but these like random Snapchats or just like random things that I'm not gonna be able to show my kids that if I ever have kids later on. I'm not gonna be able to have my grandkids when I'm passed away look through my stuff and, and connect with me and, and relate to me and see my life or even towards the end of my life when I wanna look back. I'm not gonna look through my Snapchat memories. I want a physical copy. I wanna hear like what I was thinking and what I was feeling that night when that boy broke my heart. I want to feel what I was thinking and all of that. Like that's what's so impactful and important about writing in a diary or writing in a journal or taking pictures or even a podcast, even me talking right now. I know I can go back and listen to this, but I want to have more physical ways of that. Anytime I look at an old picture or scrapbook or or letters, notes, anything from my mom or anyone from my family of like that are older than me. It's such a crazy cool feeling and experience that I'm like able to see like almost like your mother in your eyes or like in your realm or maybe it's the opposite. Like knowing that your mom was a girl. Like it's like that whole girlhood experience, but it's like, you know, your mom has known you your whole life of of every part of your life, but you've only known your mom since she's been your mom. Like you don't know her when she was a teenage girl and what she was feeling and, and to know that she was feeling all those feelings and the stuff that she's gone through, like to be able to see those things through an unfiltered lens of her own voice, not when it's, you know, curated as your mother, when it might be more watered down or what's the word kind of, I don't know. She's, she might tell you the story differently because she's your mother, but to hear it from her point of view and she was in that moment and going through it just as a teenage girl or a girl in her twenties or in her thirties or it's just, I don't know. I just think life is so cool and so special and I just don't think we're all taking advantage of it as much as we should be and me as well. I want to travel a lot in 2024. I want to do a lot of trips and travels and experience. Oh, hello. Experiences. That's my sore throat kicking in. Um, I started making just a little like not itinerary, but just kind of like a very messy notes app list of a few places I would maybe want to go. And I screenshotted it and I just sent it or posted it on my like private story, like my close friend, because it can literally be as simple. You know, you have however many people on your close friends list or just friends that you have. I have a lot of friends scattered kind of all over the country, all over the world. So it's like, 
if we can get figure this out, like if you're interested in going, let's fucking make it work. You want to go to Chicago? I want to go to Chicago. Okay, what's your schedule? What's my schedule? And just start planning it. But without putting it out there, without just even asking around, throwing it out there for shits and giggles, you're not that much more likely to actually get to go to these places. Do you, does that make sense? Like, I think it's just being more, more bold, just more to the point more straightforward in every every way we don't have time to waste i think that's also the vibe for 2024 is just to be straightforward if you want something say it go after it get it plan it um that was another thing i recently thought about with my friends i was like god like you know it is hard when you get older and adulting and having friends it's so hard to get get the group together to make plans. Everyone has different schedules. Everyone has different events, different travels, different family things. So much shit's going on that it's hard to plan stuff. And sometimes it w- I think it would be as simple as if we all knew each other's schedules and saw it on a calendar, like you could see it because sometimes we'll talk about plans, talk about going to this or going to this event or traveling to this place around this weekend, but it never, it's like that whole thing. It never leaves the group chat because when it's, out it's out of sight out of mind we'll throw it out there and then I can't remember what fucking month they talked about it I I don't remember you know which dates and then I might make other plans and then it just gets screwed up so I recently where was it I was like oh like one of us should make a google calendar and share it amongst all of us but I found this app it's not this is not sponsored it's called how about how about so like about but without the a how about but it's a little calendar like almost like social media app not really social media but you just add all your friends and you make these little events and it's so cute like so far in our calendar we have like well the new year's eve dinner which i didn't get to make uh dinner we're having on saturday and then we're going to see my friend jessica's show in orlando um and then in february me and my friends are going to the dancing with the stars tour but we're just like it's cool to also see it, I think, physically, things to look forward to. You know, everyone loves to look forward to a trip, looking forward to anything. So to have that kind of all in a calendar, have your friends in it with you, it's a cute little app. And you can even get, like, super cool with it where you can um, create group chats. Like, if it's a different type of group hangout, maybe with people you don't typically see and uh people are inviting other people and you want to get an idea maybe of what other people are wearing but you don't have those people's numbers you can make a group chat within the event on the app so you can ask for that event specifically maybe what everyone's wearing uh if anyone's carpooling just like i don't know like shit like that that's not as annoying as like a big group message on an iphone and then I think the last thing that I randomly have written down, because it honestly is really important to me, and I feel like this episode has already been unhinged, and I just don't think that this is talked about enough. So let me break the silence. I think every woman should own and have a vibrator, and that's on period. <laughs> I can't, it, it, I don't know. I just think it is so important, and it's not talked about enough, and I love mine. I swear by it. I, I live by it. I don't think, you know, I'm, I'm not like the most sexual person ever, but you know what? When I need to pick me up, when I'm feeling low on energy, sometimes even in the morning just to get my day started, I don't know if this is TMI. I love it. And I just think for some reason we're shamed and it's, again, it's not talked about amongst women. So not enough girls have it. Just try it. Just get it. I actually got mine 
my first, it's actually, I've only had this one. It's the only one I've ever had. It's the only one I think I'll ever have. It's perfect and amazing, but I got it when I got into my relationship a few years ago, which I know that sounds crazy, but I think I don't even know if he was the one that brought it up, but I think I was too, like, you know, sexually insecure. And again, I just thought it was super taboo and just whatever. And I think he made me feel really comfortable. I, again, that was a, a great relationship that I was in. And and he kind of, like, not supported it. Well, yeah, he supported it and um, just made me feel really normal about it and really secure. And it ended up being, like, such a great thing. And now, yeah, it's been such a blessing. So I think in 2024, if you don't have a vibrator uh, and you needed a sign, let me be your sign. Let me be your big sister on this, whatever. Um, if you want my recommendation on which one I have, I will let you know. Actually, I'll just tell you, I think it's called the Satisfier Pro. It's pink. She's cute. Um, so yeah, we love her. The vibe for 2024 is woman empowerment. I think that's what we're going to take from this episode in some way, in some capacity, in some weird roundabout. Um, I know it seems like right now maybe I'm down bad, but don't you get it confused. I'm a bad bitch. I'm strong. I am secure in who I am. Um, I'm a little entangled in a situationship because I'm also a lover girl, and I don't think that that's a negative thing, you know? I think as long as I keep a straight head on my shoulders, um, and I know what I'm doing, okay? I love you guys. Don't be worried about me. We got this. 2024 is giving Kesha energy, bad bitch energy, espresso martini energy, kissing bartenders at the bar energy, because you are that bitch, okay? I love you guys. If you like this episode, please give it a rating, a review, hopefully a good one. Um, feel free to share with your friends. I think next episode, we might actually dive into like an ins and outs, actually, like of 2024. I've been seeing them. I kind of have a love-hate with the trend. I'm not sure, but I might be able to do a little twist on it. We'll see. Unless there's something specific that you guys want me to talk about, DM me. As always, love you besties. Bye.